Welcome to Chodesh Adar. Mishenichnas Adar Marbim Basimcha. When Adar comes, we increase in happiness. What does it mean to be truly happy? In this week's parsha, Parsha Truma, the Jewish people are preparing to create a home for Hashem in this world. Hashem commanded the Jewish people, Asuli Mikdash Vishachanti Basaycha. Donate things in order to create for me a home, a space for me in this reality. In the Tehillim, it tells us, "If do as Hashem b'simcha, serve Hashem with joy." How can we command it to be happy? And if anything, everyone wants to be happy. Ask a stranger on the street, "Do you want to be happy?" Inevitably, we all just want joy in our lives. The problem is we don't even know how to get it. And we often think that buying things for ourselves or doing something is what is going to achieve happiness. Hasidus tells us the most remarkable thing. But first, come along with me on this journey. In a a week and a bit, we have one of my favorite holidays, Purim. And the Rebbe has the most incredible maima, Al-Kain Karoi. And in this maima, the Rebbe explains why is Purim called Purim? Because it's really the strangest thing, if you think about it. Why is it called Purim? Al shame Pur, because of the lottery. What is the lottery? Haman created a lottery in order, essentially, to decide which day he was going to destroy and annihilate the Jewish people. That's not, the, that's not really the way that we name holidays. Pesach, for example, is called Pesach because Hashem Pasach, Hashem passed over the houses of the Jewish people. That was the beginning of the liberation, the beginning of the liber- the freedom, beginning of this reason why we celebrate. But Purim is just the beginning of the downfall. The day that Haman threw the lots was the day that the Jewish people had to start fearing for their lives. And the Rebbe says something amazing. That there are two holidays that have the name Pur in them. And those two holidays are Yom Kippur and Purim. And all Yom Kippur wants to be is like Purim. If you look at the words Yom Kippurim, all Yom Kippur wants to be is like Purim. It's like the kid in the class that just wants to be like the cool kid. And the cool kid's Purim. But if you look at it at face value, it makes no sense. If a stranger came and watched what went on on Purim and what, what went on on Yom Kippur, it's polar opposites. Purim, everyone's dancing and drinking and partying and dressed up. And maybe we dress up in white on Yom Kippur but it's a serious day, it's a day of introspection, it's a day of going to shul, it's a day of actually preparing for the new year in a real serious, mindful, meditative state. So why on earth is Yom Kippur anything like Purim? How can we even create such a comparison? And it's interesting because both Purim and both Yom Kippur have a poor, have a lot. What are the, what's the one thing they have in common or maybe the only thing they have in common at face value? On Purim, we have the lottery of Haman. And on Yom Kippur, the pinnacle, the climax of the ceremony, of the whole, um, what essentially happened in the Beis HaMikdash, when the Kayin Gadol, the climax of the Avaidah of Purim, of the service of the Kayin Gadol, is when he drew a lottery. There were two goats. Through the lottery, they decided to choose one for Azazel and one for Hashem. What is a lottery? What is so powerful about a lottery? Imagine if the school asked me to nominate one girl in order to win an award. I looked around. I said, that girl, she's on time to class. She's prepared. She's studious. She's respectful. She's 
So above and beyond diligent. Of course, this girl should win the award. But imagine if I looked around and said, I can't choose. And I just put my entire class's name in a, in a box and I pulled out a name. And whatever name that was, I nominated to the school and she got the award. In the first scenario, I used my rationale, my intellect. I decided who was going to be the student to not be nominated. But in the second circumstance, not only did I not choose, I surrendered. I looked around and said, everyone is equal. There is no one better than the other. I am going to do something above my intellect, above what I think I know, and pull out just one girl's name. And that girl's name is going to win the nomination. And not only that, this lottery determined my will. This lottery actually practically manifested my action. My actions followed what happened when I took out that piece of paper from that box, from that lottery. A lottery is about surrendering. It's letting go. What is the holiday of Purim about? It's about letting go. If you look at Purim, if you look at Yom Kippur, in order to achieve tshuva, it's letting go of your past sins, but there's work that has to be done. You actually have to do tshuva and be serious and meditative and do cheshbon nefesh and calculate and be like, how can I do better in the upcoming year? But when it comes to Purim, simcha paretz geder. What is the power of Purim? That they, just by being joyous, all the limitations in our life dissipate. It's so beautiful. I heard the most incredible story the other day. I was at my good friend's wedding and Mr. Jacobson was in the middle of the circle, dancing and dancing and dancing. And I went up to her and we were just chatting. And she said to me, she told me the most incredible story that when her mother came to America from Georgia, she was quite depressed. She was having a really hard time. Culturally in Georgia, they had far more money and they were penniless and they were immigrants. And she was very, it was very difficult. And her and her husband went to the Rebbe and she walked past the Rebbe and her husband said to the Rebbe, my wife is quite depressed. And the Rebbe said to her, dance. Every time you go to a wedding, just take the bride, take everyone at the wedding and just dance with them. And at that time, it was like, it was a difficult thing to dance. Dance come, Dancing comes from confidence within oneself. And the people that were at these weddings in the early years after the war, after everything had been going on in Russia and Europe, people didn't have confidence. People didn't have families. It took a lot to stand up and dance true happiness from within. And Mrs. Jacobson's mother would go around and literally grab people and dance and kala and make the entire wedding so joyous, so happy. That's the power of happiness. Happiness breaks all limitations. It's interesting that we often think that it is we have to do something to be happy. But happiness is stripping back. The Altarab has the most beautiful mima. It's 10 lines. And he says something revolutionary. That when we are born, it is actually our nature. We are born happy. Animals are born happy too. It's their teva. It's our nature. If you look at babies, they only cry when something's wrong. 
But as soon as you fix that problem, they're happy again. That's why parents get so freaked out when their babies are crying because it means that they're in pain. Something is going wrong. But as we get older, with the responsibilities and the difficulties and pain and life and anxiety and all these things that are piling on, sometimes it gets so overwhelming. We're unable to even find the happiness. And then we're commanded to be happy. And everyone's reading books about trying to be happy and then trying to do things to get ourselves happy. But that's just not how happiness works. Happiness is not doing Happiness is stripping back. Happiness is being. Happiness is removing the blockages. That's what Emotion Co. tells us. It tells us that our emotions are blocked, that happiness is unable to be birthed. So how are we able to be happy? How do we actually become happy? Last week's Parsha, there's a Maima, Lysia by Karbat Secha. The Altareba brings a pasuk from Mishpatim that says, you, may, you should not have a woman that has a child, God forbid, and loses it, and Akara, a barren woman, Baratzecha, in your land. And the question that the Altareba asks is, Baratzecha, in your land? Shouldn't it be Ba'amecha, amongst your people? And the Altareba talks about the spiritual love and fear and emotions that are birthed. And Hasidic explains that our intellect is like the parents and our love and our fear and our happiness, our emotions are birth. They're like the children. How do we create space in our life for happiness? Because really, we just need to strip back all these layers that are sort of weighing down on us. We're like drowning in this overwhelming anxiety and it's so hard to strip back. And the ultra gives us two ways. The first way is Barat Secha. Realize there are two lands. There's the lands above and the lands below. If you think it's Artsecha, if you think you're in control, that's the source of all your anxiety. If you step back, strip back and say, you know what? Surrender. I know sometimes when I'm so stressed out and so overwhelmed and I'm trying to control everything and nothing is going the way I want it to. Sometimes I'm speaking to myself when I stop and I just surrender and I say, it's not me. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I leave space in myself to say, Artsecha, it's not my land, it's Hashem's land. I surrender to it. I have space inside myself. And the second way that Al-Tarba says, you have to be like an uman, an artisan, that has a granite, piece of granite, and takes a potish, takes a hammer, and bangs out the inside, and literally creates a space for the bracha, creates a space inside of yourself to be happy. Bittal, actually realizing that it's not about you, and surrendering to something greater than yourself, that is how essentially we create and birth happiness in our lives. When we let go and let God and realize that we are not in control and we need to strip away all those anxieties. And it's so amazing to see it practically, how like when I'm so overwhelmed, I feel like there's all these things bogging down on my head. I feel like it's like a weight on my shoulder. And when I just like tick off one or two things on that list, it's like just that these things lift off us. Happiness is about surrendering. Happiness is not doing anything. Happiness is the opposite of doing. Happiness is removing all that stress, all that anxiety on our shoulders and just getting all those little things done. And after we've done all that we can possibly can, everything that's in our control to get done, we just have to literally wipe off the rest of our stress and recognize, let go. It's not you. It's Hashem. That's real happiness. 
The only way we create a space for Hashem in this world, create a space in our lives for love and fear and happiness to birth, to grow. So when we let go, we smile. Because really, we're not in control. And really, happiness is not what we do. Happiness is who we truly are. We don't need to do anything to be happy. We just need to go back to who we really are, our true selves on the insides because we were born happy. Wishing you a beautiful Shabbos.